Welcome to Unethical Podcast. Cheddars. That's why I'm glowing. We just ate cheddars. That's the only reason I'm glowing. I had a, I had a steak. I've got that post steak glow. Don't do it. I was, I was gonna ask what a cheddar is. Okay, cool. So cheddars is like, do they have cheddars where you're at, Celeste? I don't know, man. Lots of things are cheddars. What? What about a Ruby Tuesday? I'm aware of a Ruby Tuesday. Never been. It's to a like Ruby a Ruby Tuesday. Okay. So like a, like just like a mid range restaurante so you had cheddars would you have steak you said well i'm in kentucky so it's like top shelf it's like that's four star to us but yeah it's like a mid-range <laughs> you know burger or a steak or like yeah that's like top that's like oh we're gonna eat it nice tonight we're going did you wear like the good uh jean jacket i wore exactly what i'm wearing right now and i'm wearing basketball shorts Sick. so <laughs> that's good to know Oh, well, it's good to have you back, Kent. I like having you around. Good to be back, man. And Cheddar's has a fish tank. And that's how you know you're in a classy joint. <laughs> yeah. I had a, and the, I had a, there's saltwater fish, I want to point out. Do you eat them? Do what? Do you eat them? No, no, no. You just look at them. You can't go in there and request that fish? No, you can't. Well, I mean, you probably could for a price. This is Kentucky. So if you like... <laughs> I was like, I'll give you $200 to cook that thing up. They'd probably be like, all right. I would have done it for 50. I would, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, we don't feed them anyway. They usually just eat each other. <laughs> uh, I have a friend that went to Red Lobster and he, like, from where I'm from, and Red Lobsters are like, uh, that's not around us. That's like the big city place. And he literally went into the lobster tanks and was like, we want these ones. <laughs> You're like, okay, dude, that's not how this works. Let's go sit down. <laughs> hey, you don't get to pick the lobster there. Yeah, no, you, you could, I guess, but you don't walk in and go like, these are the ones we're having. You wait for a conversation to be had, I think. Did you know that lobster meat isn't a solid until it's cooked? Yes. I did not. I have seen, what the fuck is that movie called? Castaway. Castaway. Yeah. It's a, like a slimy liquid. Also how I learned to open a coconut. Thank you, Tom. Hanks. Yeah. Oh, all the lessons from Tom Hanks. There, if you like Castaway, there's a game called Stranded Deep that is so fucking good. Yeah, it's so good. It's basically Castaway the game. That's what it is. <laughs> You're just bored on an island. <laughs> oh, I'm about to die. It's cool. You get to fuck up sharks with a sharp stick. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's fun. Yeah. You're you're in a plane wreck, just like Tom Hanks is, and then you float to this island, and you just gotta get off the island. Like, there's not like a an ultimate goal it's just survive but you can make like rafts and then go to other islands sail the ocean find other islands that have better supplies and you just survive on coconuts and you build a hut and eventually you can work your way up to like having a nice steady lifestyle where the game is super easy there you go and then you yeah. can start being concerned about escaping if you want to but a lot of people just play it for how long can i survive because oh, there is gonna... a way to beat the game but it's like super complicated and it takes forever <laughs> but it's a cool game it's a great game 
That's cool. I've never even heard of it, but that sounds interesting. You so you can't actually get off the island. It's not like you just like build a paradise and you die there. Now you can do that if you want, okay. if that's what you want to do. But it's you can also wanted. like so there's like out. It's hard to find, but out in the ocean somewhere. And you got to keep in mind the map is massive. It's ocean, and uh, but there's a bunch of separate islands that you can find if you sail long enough. But uh, there's this crashed military ship that's been there forever, and it's got an old plane on it, and you've got to. Uh, make the supplies to fix the plane and then you can escape on the plane i see you just know how to fly a plane that's awesome you just know how to fly a plane <laughs> i love video game logic it's awesome yeah yeah exactly <laughs> not to mention the fact it's been there like 50 years uh have you played firewatch yes beat it loved it fantastic game yeah great story Amazing. the game had a great story no that's another one you need to check out. It's a it's another free roam. Uh, you're a fire. You're you're one of the rangers in the forest, the wilderness, and your only your your job is to watch for fires. You know, obviously that's very little of what you actually do in the game, but uh, there it ends up being that's, like a murder mystery. Ah, uh, cool. I, I like I like the story driven shit. Like I hate playing. My kid likes to play like Fortnite and stuff like that. I hate it. I'm not seven. I have things to do. I can't practice this all day. You want me to take a week off work? I'll practice and I'll beat you, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, I hate like games like Fortnite online. Then you're getting your ass whooped by like a nine-year-old who's telling you he's going to fuck your mom. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. makes me mad. <laughs> couldn't Nothing. handle my mom, little guy. <laughs> <laughs> she probably would, but you couldn't do it. <laughs> my mom will fuck you up. Yeah, my mom will eat you up, bud. Yeah, uh, and there's game. also a game, a survival game called Hobo. And Where it's you're survival. Just a hobo? You're a homeless man. Yeah, and oh, you got to build your in like a Portland, <laughs> and you got to go through the trash cans and gather supplies and build you a shack and be the best homeless guy you can be. Yeah, that's wholesome. I like that. Yeah, I've never played it, but I'll have to look for it now. It has like the same. Have you guys played Fallout Four? Yeah. Yeah. It has like the same build mechanics. You know how you build your settlements in Fallout 4? Yeah, yeah. We'll it's got the right. same like build mechanics as Fallout 4. It's basically Fallout 4, but as a homeless guy in modern times. <laughs> and no that's, guns. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's no good. guns. Yeah. You can beat people up with like a toilet seat. Oh, good. That's better. That's actually better. Or a broken bottle. I don't know why you can't beat up anyone in Fallout with a toilet seat. That's actually a missed opportunity by Fallout. I've probably beat Fallout 4 seven or eight times. I, me too. I love that game. That's I did. I beat it under every faction except for the Brotherhood of Steel because they were a bunch of dildos. That's where I start. They got power armor, bro. Uh, anyways, fucking. What are we? What are we doing today? Uh, so uh, how, I don't should know. We start this. Sorry. How should we yeah, start yeah, yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. Okay. So, um, hi everybody. Um, not everybody actually. Um the beginning of this episode was supposed to be kind of a throwback to the OG episode one of unethical podcast, but uh, two of the OG hosts are in fact missing. So they're not here to reminisce with us, but Kent, I have a feeling you'll be familiar with this case. Okay. So we actually get to take it back to our old friend, Mr. Vince Lee, who sadly is no longer in the Facebook group. So he couldn't be reached for commentary. Are we doing Vince Lee? Seriously? We are. We're revisiting Vince Lee a little bit. Yeah, we are. Refresh me on this story. Richard, you want to? Yeah, sure. This guy, uh, mental health issues. He's got schizophrenia, driving on a bus in Canada and lopped off a dude's head on the bus. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
the Asian dude. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. We feel like he was in our Facebook group because it was our first episode. And I, like know some, I know he was there. Well, I, I think so too. And I'll tell you the story, Kent. We, I, Celeste is like, this guy came in. His name's Steve Harvey. And he's got an Asian emoji guy. And he had first day ever went on Facebook was when he joined our group. And he was in there. And then Celeste like, I think we got him. I'm like, whatever, I'll talk to this guy. So I go like, hey, man, is it you, Vince Lee or Will Baker? And he just like... I'm like, do I know you? And then he just answered back like three months later, you don't know me. That's all. And then he was gone. Oh, you, that was definitely him. Oh, yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> we had Vince Lee. Celeste lives close. <laughs> I, he lives in my city, actually. I'm in Edmonton. That's where he was living before. And that's where he is now. So that's fun. Um, Oops. Well, at least if, if it's going to be any of us, it's going to be Celeste. That's... <laughs> he hasn't got me yet. Yeah. I wouldn't ride Greyhounds if I were you. <laughs> Greyhounds went on wait uh under. They're out of business now. Oh, did they really? They sure I did. Didn't, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, so that's fun. We also I am 100 percent convinced also that a terror cell in Nigeria has also been watching us since we did the uh Paris terrorist attacks. And I will also die on that hill. Without a doubt. We've trended in Nigeria every week since that episode came out, never before. So just saying. Yeah. It's probably the only podcast that'll load. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guess it's unethical again. Uh, what, it's, <laughs> what I was saying, I was saying they're probably looking up what does unethical mean, and then they found us. Like, oh, okay, cool. This is this is good, good times. They're trying to figure out. It's like everyone keeps calling us unethical. I don't get it. <laughs> this Richard guy keeps yelling. It doesn't make sense. So, what are we talking about, Vince Lee? For okay, uh, so basically, the reason I bring up Vince Lee is because I didn't know this, but on one of his last newspaper runs, he was a newspaper delivery person before the incident. I don't know if anybody remembers this from episode one, but he was. Uh, one of his last newspaper runs was July 20th of 2008. And it was an edition of the Edmonton Sun, which outlined the story of the Trout Lake incident of 1896, which we'll get into, um, as well as the case of Swift Runner, the subject of today's episode. So again, remembering from episode one, the Greyhound incident occurred on July 30th of 2008 10 days later okay yeah so the first person to be executed by the northwest mounted police later to be known as the royal canadian mounted police was a cree man and his name was kakisikuchin and i can't pronounce it very well because it's not my language but that was his name kakisikuchin nailed it <laughs> thank you it for sure and he was known more commonly by locals as swift runner okay that's way easier. Yeah, that's that rolls off the tongue. That's what it I'm does. <laughs> he was executed for the murder and cannibalism of his wife and four of his children, as well as his brother and mother-in-law. Like you do. Mm-hmm. Haven't we all? Not yet, but one of these days, you know. <laughs> I haven't met the right wife to cannibalize. Well, let me guess. This mistake like defined his future. This one mistake. <laughs> what little of it there was, yes. <laughs> Imagine like somebody picking one mistake out of your past and being like, this is who you are for the rest of your life. He made five mistakes, to be fair. Five. It was one big mistake. (laughs) Over the course of an entire winter. Yeah, shouldn't have had kids. (laughs) 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 And then the eating thing. (laughs) Well, I mean, we've all eaten something and regretted it after. (laughs) If I could write a book. (laughs) I'm feeling that right now too many truffles 
Yeah, I was eating truffles. <laughs> Too much chatters over here. Yeah, exactly. We're all feeling it right now. Uh, I actually didn't eat before I came, so you're welcome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Is this going to be a gagger? Um, no, I don't get too graphic with this one, actually, because it is kids. I like to avoid that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You want to stay away from, you, you want to try to separate kids and the word gagger, like as far <laughs> away as you can. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, given that this case is so old and the records on it are largely passed through word of mouth over the years, a lot of this information may not be entirely accurate and some of it may very well be sensationalized, but unless otherwise, unless I say otherwise, I was able to find multiple sources that agreed upon the events. Sick. So we'll get into him a little bit. According to the book Rampage, Canadian Mass Murder and Spree Killing by Lee Malore, Swift Runner was likely born in 1839 and he was named by a local shaman that kind of names babies based on vibe. This is like a thing. They like hand their baby to an old person and they're like, yep, this is. This is, this is heavy farts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me problems. Like, this is Gary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of three ninjas when the grandpa gives them all names. You're a tum tum. <laughs> wow. It's the worst candy on Halloween. Oh. Yeah, I, I kind of like this idea of being able to just give someone your baby and you name them. If they don't like it, they, we can just blame you after, you know? Where did she say this was going on at? Uh, right where I am, actually. It's Alberta, Canada. And what part of Canada are you in, Richard? I'm in, like, East, like, Ontario. Oh, so you're probably semi-close to Jack. I'm probably closer to Jack than you are, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm probably, I'm, like, near Leroy, you know? like. Oh, uh, Okay. You guys are probably closer to me than you are each other. We're definitely closer to Tally than we are each other. We're uh, Kentucky's not that south. It's like south, but not fully. It's like in the middle of the states, right? Yeah, yeah, it's in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm probably closer to you than I am. I would say if 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 like Kentucky would be like the the large intestines okay. of, of the country. <laughs> we were looking at like internals, like in, in location. Like- Okay, I thought you were making like comparisons to like the content. <laughs> oh, well, that too. That too. Yeah, it's it's fitting in more than one. Yeah, and then Florida's just the cop. Yeah, the, the, the big old hanger, the schlong dong, hanging off. Got a bald eagle perched atop of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Bald bald eagle could be a, one of the kids' names. So your wife is uh, what is she? Cherokee. Yeah, Cherokee. Maybe you'll have actually better luck understanding some of these words than me. I don't know how similar the dialects are. It's, no, I'm it's very wild. Algon- Algonquin. <laughs> I can get her down here. <laughs> Richard helps me with French sometimes because his wife is French. Yeah, that's true. I'm also, I grew up French though. Like not French, French, but like I grew up learning French. Only Indian word I know is reservation. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's getting uncomfortable now. I'm, I'm, I'm so. No. I have to be careful, man. There's a lot of shit going on up here right now. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I know Jack keeps me informed. That's why I said it. Yeah. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
it's hard to, I was writing this episode and he's an alcoholic, right? Like a really bad alcoholic. Yeah. That's a problem. And I'm not even being racist. That's a problem in Indian communities is alcoholism. It is so much, but I'm like, how can I write this without mentioning that he's an alcoholic so that people don't get mad at me because it's not their fault, but somehow like we don't acknowledge it, but I had to, I couldn't cause it's actually like really super important that he was an alcoholic. So anyway, sorry if you hate me, everybody. I mean, it's, it is what it is it's not like you're making this up you're not like you're going getting the swift printer and then going like you know what he also drank alcohol just kidding i made that up but i thought he might because he's native you're like no that's <laughs> <laughs> what happened well, you, know the, so, you yeah. know have you ever seen the the raising of on iwo jima the flag raising on iwo jima the five marines it's like an iconic image of them raising yeah, yeah. the flag on iwo, yeah, iwo jima yeah. the fifth guy to the left is ira hayes he was a he was an indian and he was a marine out of all those guys he was the only one that i have alcoholism so like it's uh, and it might be white people's fault. I don't know what the what the history is of alcoholism. And I don't think they had a problem with it until we till Europeans came over. Yeah, we traded. We showed them it and we traded all the stuff for it. And uh, we were used to it. They were better hunters and scavengers than we were. And we would give them whiskey when we didn't have stuff they wanted. Yeah, and blankets. The blankets. Yeah. That was a miss. That was a PR nightmare. But. Yeah, wasn't good. Wasn't a good look for us. It's a PR nightmare. (laughs) Somebody's getting fired at head office for this one. Oh, someone got fired for that. (laughs) Or scalped, whatever. Genocide always looks bad on a company's image. Every single time. No one's done genocide in a few seasons. Let's let's try genocide. Worked for Naki. Maybe there was a bunch of genocides back in the day and we just don't know about them because they're gone. That's actually true. We got rid of this, the translucent people, you know, like fuck yeah. those gross ass translucents. Let's get At one point in history, somebody here. was screaming, fuck the purples. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we for did real, yeah. for real though, if there were translucent people, I, I, I would be right on board with genocide. I'm not staring at a fucking jellyfish human being when I go to the bank. Fuck that. I don't need to see the fart coming before it comes. Go back to the ocean. <laughs> you guys are terrible at lying because I can see right through you. All right, we can move on. Oh. <laughs> Dad Joe. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, thank you. I'm working all night. Tip your waitresses. <laughs> those those non-coloreds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saran rappers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are we are we doing this? Are we going to sit here and think of derogatory? Terms? Yeah, I want I want to swear for a translucent guy by the end of the day. <laughs> I want to do this just to just to hear the argument from that one person that's going to get angry over the imaginary racism towards a race that doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, you shouldn't say that. We stop saying just in that, case. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's one disease. That affects one in five billion people. Some really offended alternate dimension right now. Yeah. Or you're right, Kent. There's going to be the one guy who's like, I can't, I can see through my skin and I was really offended. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're one person. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. You're ginger. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Moon babies. Yeah. Moon babies. That sounds offensive. I like that one. Mm -hmm. That does sound super offensive. I don't even know what that means, or if it's even. I think Richard just made that up on the spot. But if somebody said "moon babies" at a conference <laughs> meeting, I'd be like, "Oh, they gotta get fired." 
<laughs> Go have a sit down with Ted in HR. He'll tell you yeah. what it's about. Fucking over. <laughs> we may all be fired. <laughs> uh, Where were we? Tell us about the grandma giving us, uh, or grandma, elder, someone naming the kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The shaman naming him. He had vibes, yeah. Swift Runner vibes. So as he grew, he became a very skilled trapper and he was very skilled at crafting snowshoes and weapons, which were mostly used at war with the neighboring Blackfoot tribes. Uh, in his youth, he fell in love with another member of the settlement. Her name was Sun on the Mountain, or in one source, Charlotte. Okay. Two very different names. Uh, one <laughs> like... feels like one feels like it's just really trying to, uh, like, if we write Sun on the Mountain, are we going to be racist? Let's just call her Charlotte and fucking save the day. Like, yeah. Something <laughs> so like that. Yeah. His name was Chief Running Foot, or some people called him Brian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what it's like, but I don't know. In one source, they called her Charlotte. So maybe her name was Charlotte. I don't know. Maybe someone who was trying to be like representational was like, we'll call her Sun on the Mountain. Charlotte spirit was like, what the fuck does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) So typically in his tribe, marriages were arranged. And this was true in like pretty much all of Cree society. But he was able to win her father over by offering him a horse that he had acquired while raiding a Blackfoot camp. And horses were a symbol of great status. And so her father granted Sun on the Moon's hand in marriage to Swift Runner. So the two went on to have five children, while Swift Runner continued to gain favor within their tribe for his skills, agility, and overall sense of humor. He was apparently pretty funny. That's cool. I feel like if somebody, if one of Molly's boyfriends in the future brings me a horse, I'd let her date her. I'd be cool with that. I'd be like, you're in. You know, it's a horse. Yeah, me too. Yeah, fucking right. I got a horse. I don't even know how to ride a horse. I don't know nothing about horses, but I'd be like, sick, bro. So Yeah, now it can be a one horse town. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> We're all ca- crashing in with the puns today. We almost broke Kent with the second one. <laughs> <laughs> fucking turning this off. You guys enjoy this. Um, I have a penny fact. Don't go. Okay. Okay. I'll stay for the penny fact. Oh, wow. He's really, he's really turning the corner on these penny facts. Something's happened. He's been in, he's been indoctrinated (laughs) by penny facts. I know. I was going to say the first time he came on the show, I was like, I have a penny fact for you. Like, I will fucking leave. This time it's like, sure. It's fucking refreshing to hear a penny fact again. I've just kind of weighed my options. Been like, well, at least it's not stamps. Now that you like don't work as much, do you have like downtime? You go to the bank and you're like, do you have any cool pennies? What do I do now? I don't, I just hang out. <laughs> I wish I could tell you, like, I don't know. I watch more YouTube videos. Fair. That would explain why you're ripping on Mr. Beast. Yeah, I can't stand Mr. Beast. I've, I've come to learn. I cannot stand Mr. Beast. He's the worst. You guys seem to like him. I'll, I kind of like I, him. Move on. I I have I have one. I have like zero problems with him. I do like I. It's one of those things where it's like, yes, I agree with both points. Like I agree that he does it for clicks, but I mean, if he didn't have clicks, he wouldn't do it. So. Also, you got to spend money to make money. Nobody understands that the way he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I what's do, up, Mister Beast? Here we're here with homeless people. What's up? <laughs> Fucking cameras in their face. They got no teeth. All right. Today, we're going to give them a Tesla if they can fucking 
Fought each other to the death, Mr. Beast. And he's got his fucking stupid friend standing in the corner. Brain dead. What's up, Mr. Beast? Cameras in the fucking homeless people's faces. He's so bad Mr. Beast. Cut to uh, Supreme hats. He's got a Supreme hat on. I'm going to give $5,000 to the first three homeless people that can run up this hill. I know that one's in a wheelchair. We'll give him 10 right now. <laughs> so Don't forget to like and subscribe. I don't know, man. Lots of people do lots of fucked up expletive shit to themselves for money. Like, I don't think there's too many girls doing porn for 500 bucks that are like, fuck, this is exactly what I wanted to be when I got older. You know what I mean? Like a lot of, I don't know. I'm just saying like that would that wheelchair guy have 10 grand. Otherwise you have to have a Mr. Beast in your face for 20 minutes. Have you seen this? I don't know, man. I was in a wheelchair and I was homeless <laughs> and that guy came up to me in a Supreme hat. <laughs> I went, I get you. I get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to die here. I was going to die under this. Bridge. You want a Tesla, bro? Camera zoom, zoom, yeah. zoom, zoom, zoom. I get it. I get both sides. That's what I'm saying. Like, I understand. Don't lock up, subscribe. ZipRecruiter.com. So fucking mad. <laughs> I like Mr. Beast, is all. His videos are entertaining. So back to Redbone. <laughs> Ken's like, I used to like these people. <laughs> If there's one person in this world that can't call a moon baby, it's Mr. Beast. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and I think I've called him that before. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Stop by with Ted and HR on the way out. <laughs> he looks like a chubby chipmunk. Yeah, he got his teeth fixed, though. So that's something. Looks like the kid that would be like playing with Pokemon cards on the school bus. He does. That's kind of what I like about him. I'm not going to win this fight. I can already tell. <laughs> I like rooting for the underdog, which he is. How is that the fucking underdog? <laughs> because <laughs> he dropped out of school to do YouTube and his mom kicked him out of his house. And now he's oh, fucking what a winner. at 23. He's God, underdog. What? That's somebody we should look up to. <laughs> look mad. He got so lucky. It's all good. Yeah. Zip recruiter. Don't forget to lock and subscribe. Uh, two mommy and dad are fighting. <laughs> i'm gonna lock myself in my room and read about swift winter by myself i'm sorry okay fuck he gave Fucking moon baby he gave charlotte's dad a horse mr beast did yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> supreme out we got a horse and five thousand dollars <laughs> if moon baby here <laughs> Yeah, Moon Baby sounds like a name that the Shannon might have given. It Maybe. does, yeah. It's yeah. either that or Carol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Horace, funny guy. Uh, na, 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 na. Sense of humor. Okay, so he's like gaining favor in his tribe. Unfortunately, um, the al- the Canadian buffalo, they call them buffalo, what they actually are, a bison, um, were being hunted into extinction. Extinction? Thank you. I've... I'm from Kentucky, by the way. <laughs> She's from the Kentucky of Canada. That's not that much different. That's oh, okay. Fair accurate. Yeah. Accurate. <laughs> Kentucky and Florida, Texas, a yeah. little bit. We're just all the worst states. The yeehaws. So, so, yeah. So they're being hunted, hunted into extinction, but this is what he's most trained to hunt. So his family becomes sort of nomadic to follow the bison population to hunt them to survive. 
but their numbers dwindle so low. And fun fact, the reason that their numbers had gone so low is because they were purposefully being killed to be removed as a food source. This yeah, North like Americans were starving them out. Oh, okay. Old okay. school tactic. Scary. Yeah. yeah. So they moved. He's far now away from his tribe. They've moved all over Alberta. And uh, he struggled to provide for his large family. And so he decided to basically shift over into trapping and trading and acting as a guide for the Northwest Mounted Police in order to get resources from the trading post to feed them and provide for them. So he's now settled down in what is modern day Fort Saskatchewan. It was Fort Saskatchewan then too, but right now for anybody in Alberta, Fort Saskatchewan is where all this happened. But that <laughs> now it's like a little town before it was actually like an army fort, right? Like when Swiftrunner was there? It was a post. So it was a, it was a fort, but it wasn't military. You. It was like a police post. But now it's like a city. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the post is actually still standing there. Fun fact. Huh. Just one? Yes. One post. Okay. <laughs> this is like the north, man. This is like crazy up high. And they would just go up there for like pelts and resource. It's not like it's habitable. It's habitable now because we're we have the technology we have. But back then it was probably like hard living. Fucking scary place to be. It was for sure yeah okay so he starts trapping and trading with um with the hudson's bay company and acting as a guide for the northwest mounted police in order to feed his family and this led to a very deep depression because he came from a tribe where he was admired where he had status where he'd earned that status within that tribe and now he's basically a fucking you know i was so much smarter before the covid vaccine exhibit a my brain is pickled now. That guy, that guy at the hotel that carries bags. That's the word that I'm looking for. Oh, a, uh, a hop, hop uh, concierge. Bellhop. Bellhop. Both of those things. Yes. He's basically that now is what he does. And this is depressing to him. Okay. During one of his trips to the Hudson's Bay Trading Outpost, they didn't have what he wanted to trade for that day. But he's already trapped the game, right? He's got to do something with it. So he gives it to them. And they were like, well, all we have is this whiskey. And they give him the whiskey to trade. And then this led to an ongoing struggle with self-medicating his depression with this whiskey. And his alcoholism was described as violent and volatile, causing him to lash out at those around him and have frequent outbursts of unprompted sobbing and experience paranoia about the competition over available resources. This sounds like you're drinking. And he was <laughs> drinking a yeah. lot. So in the winter of 1878 to 1879, Swift Runner good had year. taken his... What? That's a good year. Yeah, good year for whiskey, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, in, the, in that winter, Swift Runner had taken his family out trapping. So during his trapping season, he would set up a camp about 130 kilometers from like 130 kilometers north of Fort Saskatchewan within the woods, giving him easy access to the game in the surrounding area. But while he was there, he found and this is how he described it. He found suddenly he could no longer hunt or trap 
He was like, I'd go out all day for days and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't hunt anything. I couldn't trap anything. I've lost the skill, the ability to do it. Yeah, being hammered all the time will do that to you, though. Lose skills. Forget what you're doing. Forget where it's really you are. scary to me. Take a nap. <laughs> you can just lose. I, I worry sometimes because now we we depend solely on income from the podcast. I worry that I'm going to wake up one day and not be funny anymore. Like that's a uh-huh. genuine concern that I have. I think about it all the time. Just don't get therapy. As long as you're traumatized, you're funny. That's a good point. Yeah. As long as you stay uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Tr- comedians are the saddest people in the world. Um, it's true. It's kind of sad, actually. <laughs> kind of sad. But- That's why I'm funny because I'm sad. Because <laughs> 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 uh, I contemplate suicide I every single day. Kent, I don't think that'll go away for you, buddy. I think you'll be fine. It's just scary to think about. But have you ever, uh, like, uh, you're a once in a generation voice, Kent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Many people say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Third time today. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't, have you ever known someone that used to be funny and now you see them, you're just like, they're not funny. I don't know anybody. I, I think yeah. everybody's funny. Yeah. Sarah Silverman. <laughs> Sarah Silverman's probably the biggest. Seth Rogen. Oh, um, God. I can name a bunch of people. Uh, stand so. up comics end up towards the end. Like, as they get older, stop. They, they're not funny anymore. Um, it, it does happen. It's really scary. I don't know. It's scary. That's true when they I, get successful, too. When they're uncomfortable and struggling, they're a lot funnier. Once they're comfortable, they're not funny anymore. Yeah. It happens all the time. I just think, like. They're like five friends, though, that are like, yeah, make a movie with the swearing elves. That's a great idea. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. So, like, they think they're funny. What if we made vegetables say fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rip it on Seth Rogen, too. Okay, cool. Yeah, that guy could fucking die in a car wreck, and I wouldn't think twice about it. <laughs> You're not funny anymore. You should die, motherfucker. <laughs> no wonder you're afraid of not being funny anymore. Jesus. Yeah. This is what you think about people who aren't funny anymore. <laughs> I also have a really bad case of imposter syndrome. And I think as long as I hold on to that, I'll be okay. I just need I just need that. I hope that never goes what, away. I don't know what imposter syndrome is. So imposter syndrome is uh it's a I don't know if it's a disorder, but it's a thing that people that um, do something and become successful at it get where they always feel like, oh, they're going to figure me out. They're going to eventually people are going to realize that I'm not supposed to be here, that I'm a hack, that um, I'm not good enough for any of this. And uh, I have it real bad. And and Jack does, too. So uh, I think as long as I hold on to that, uh, I should be okay. That's like my. Do you want me to keep let you keep holding on to that? Yeah, I think it's a good drive. Okay, I won't. I won't tell you that I think you're phenomenal, and you. No, don't like, please. Yeah, you're a piece of shit. And you know what? Thank you. I'm on to you. I'm on to you and Jack. Yeah. And yeah. Operator, especially. That's probably not even his real name. Ken, because I care about you. <clears throat> I'm gonna let you in on a little secret that's gonna make you feel like shit. Okay. Okay. Ronnie McNutt also thought he had imposter syndrome, so I hope you feel really good about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this live? Wait till we go to live. Just, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going to be doing a third Facebook live after we wrap this up. 
And you guys are going to check that one out. Because, uh, your name's in the note, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fellas, guess that's it. See you on the flippity flop. What if that been his last words? Yeah. Flippity flop. <laughs> oh, is it a, is gargling a word? Get up to the head, to the gates, and God's just like, flippity flop. That was your, <laughs> that's what you went out on, flippity flop, Ronnie. That's what you picked. That's why you don't get in. I was going to let you in. Flip. Get the fuck out of here. Go down there. <laughs> With Seth Rogen. Oh, I fucking hate uh, that guy so much. Who's Seth Rogen? Me too. Uh, Ronnie McMahon. Uh, uh, Seth Rogen, I'm kind of neutral on. He doesn't do anything anymore. What if we made babies say fuck? Racists, mate. Race the, the anti seminists or whatever rated my shit low. It's not that it sucks at all. That's uh, that's where I drop. And by the way, I'm ha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of dick measuring in this episode. I'm kind of missing Tally and Christy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I put it back up. I thought you had a big dick. <laughs> That's why we're not trying to play with her. Yeah. Just, yeah. just two chodes over here pushing our yeah. chodes together. Yeah. We're actually the only ones with clits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a huge clit. A huge clit. It's a big clit. For a clit, it's huge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Carry you on. You guys. I'm okay. Carrying on. Um, if I could figure out where I was. Yeah, it's depressed, so he's, uh, oh no, he can't hunt anymore. He's an alcoholic now, he can't hunt anymore. Alcoholic, can't get it up, gotcha. So, he would come back empty-handed, day after day, until finally, one day, one of his sons died from starvation. That's gotta feel pretty shitty. So, at this point, his brother, mother-in-law, and wife went out searching for food along with all but one of the children, the remaining children. And that left him alone with his youngest son to wallow with his whiskey. So, he claimed that he had spent the past few days fighting the urge to kill the prey that was right in front of him. And without anyone else in the home, he couldn't resist it anymore he grabbed his rifle he approached his sleeping son and he fired one shot into his head Uh, unfortunately this shot was not fatal and he was forced to grab his hunting knife and stab a lot of times and then he finished him off by clubbing his head to make sure that he was dead and within minutes the first cut of his family was cooking over the fire and Before the end of the night, he had eaten every bit of meat that he could pick off of his son. Yikes. Well, Edens are all about using every part. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Um, But at the same time, like, I think you'd probably gorge because you don't want to look at the leftovers, you know? You don't want to look at half the face in the fridge and go like, I should eat that before I kill the next one. Well, he also hadn't eaten in like how old was this kid? Many, many days. He was, he was, I believe, the second youngest. Four. Three or four. Oh, that's not a lot of meat. No, I that's like veal, though. 
<laughs> yeah, this kid was three or four. Very tender. Indeed. The other white meat. The red white yeah. meat. The red white meat, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, because where he, uh, I just kind of want to stress this for people because I don't think everyone gets, like where he lives now is in the fucking barren wasteland. It's not like he's like, I could just spend a couple extra hours in the bush and I'll find a rabbit or something. There's like fucking nothing there, right? Like he'd have to. No, no, not where he is. No, there's lots and lots and lots of game. Oh, he's just lazy. I thought he would be like more north than that. Okay, well, that's, that's actually fucking gross then. Why? I'm right smack central Alberta. Fort yeah. Saskatchewan is about 45 minutes north of me. So it's pretty damn close to central Alberta as well. We're not that far north. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, if he asked me, I'd be like, give, you know, give it another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An hour. One Just hour. One, an hour. Yeah, at uh, least. Eat the older one. At the very least. There's more meat. Uh, yeah. When they're that young, they grow so fast too. So, like, if you eat the bigger one, you have more food. And by the time you're ready to eat the it second one, it was the one, only one that food. was there. Stop dragging <laughs> the guy, Jesus. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to judge. <laughs> what part of can't hunt? Don't you understand? Yeah. He was sleeping. Eat, eat whatever kid you want, Swift Runner. I blame the kid. <laughs> <laughs> We're going right. There. We're going there now. That's, That's awesome. what I was looking for right there. <laughs> Finally, someone's on my side. <laughs> What time of the day was this? It's what he fucking gets. It was nighttime, actually. But, okay. no, but probably early 7.30. Yes, it was dinner time. Wow. I'm actually like, this is 150 years ago, so I don't feel that bad. <laughs> Are you sure it's because it's not because they're not white? Because I feel like it. Oh, she just hit you with that, Nick. Well, I didn't <laughs> want to say it out loud, but. Um, <laughs> you got me oh. I, I was picturing a fucking saran in my brain a little translucent fuck or purple person I was thank god well I want to say that it makes me sadder because they're Indians that's how progressive I am <laughs> I see that if these were white people I'd be I'd, I say fuck them <laughs> Probably tastes better, anyways. Um, oh, that is so wow. racist! That is racist! Wow, what? Jesus, Richard! Oh my goodness! Sit. Ooh, take a time out. Now, I would expect that from the guy that said "moon baby." <laughs> Wrap this up because I'm disgusted. Right <laughs> Jesus. All right, <clears throat> Richard, I'm very disappointed in you, but we'll go on. Talk about this later. Well, you guys asked for it. Wait till you see what's underneath this sweater. My tats. <laughs> Did you? Are you saying tattoos? Or are you saying tits weird? Because I need to know. Both. <laughs> <laughs> My tats. All right. So um, the hunger, quote unquote, returned shortly after and by shortly i mean like pretty much fucking immediately he wanted to eat another one so he yeah. went out to find his family so he tracked them down because suddenly he could track now um until he found his wife and all of his children but his mother-in-law and his brother had gone off on their own so he waited until his family was asleep 
and then he murdered his wife and his oldest daughter. Hold up. So they were sleeping out in the elements. Yeah. Okay. I thought they just came to the cabin, found the little one all butchered and went, well, that's odd. And then went to sleep. They're not Uh, in a cabin. They have a teepee in the middle of the woods. Okay. But they didn't know yet that the four-year-old was already in doggy bags. Okay. No. Yeah. So they didn't go back and be like, huh, isn't there one missing? Okay. Why are you fashioning a tomahawk out of those human bones? Swift runner. Like your new mask. (laughs) (laughs) Taking a drink, just sipping herbal tea out of his skull. No, that didn't happen. Okay. Well, it did, but not till later. But no, the tea wasn't in the skull. The tea was somewhere else. There was a sock in the skull, if I remember correctly. I don't know what that's about. But yeah, so they go to sleep because they're out hunting or whatever. And then he murders his wife and daughter with a tomahawk. But he mm-hmm. left his remaining son, which he called his favorite son. His name was Red Hawk. And the infant daughter, his infant daughter, actual infant baby, alive. So the oldest son, his favorite son, and the little itty bitty baby still alive. Okay. So he cooks his wife and daughter and him and his son eat them together. Oh, Red Hawk joins in? He did whatever he was asked, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Red Hawk for sure. I guess if you watch your dad kill your mom and your dad's just like, eat up, you're like, okay, I'll eat. Sorry. (laughs) Aren't you hungry? I guess so. Yeah. The conversation over that meal. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> so intense. Our things. Good. Back. <laughs> Mom's dripping off his face. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. This pork was very ready. fatty. I wasn't ready. Oh, Imagine just making puns while serving up parts of the wife. Like, let's face it. And just slams her head down. We're hungry. I'm just like, <laughs> Dad jokes while he's uh, cooking his mom. Come over, give me a hand. <laughs> oh. <shaking> <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> yeah. Break a leg. <laughs> it's it's yeah. nice to see that you're all prepared for cannibalism family dinner night. So, sounds like you've been working on it. Actually, I'm a little concerned. Survival of the fittest. I can outrun a six year old. <laughs> <laughs> for how long though uh not my six-year-old i wouldn't need my own Uh, six-year-old but like (laughs) hey if it's the apocalypse the neighbor's six-year-old gets down the street somebody's gonna eat the six-year-old be eating me man i can't run for shit yeah me neither (laughs) got a bad knee me too man so bad (laughs) they hurt when it rains i'm fucked Okay, so yeah, um, so his infant daughter laid helplessly nearby while Swift Runner and Red Hawk ate them, and they apparently ate all of them that night, two grown people apparently that night, which sounds completely unfucking believable to me, but this is the story he told, so I assume he lied. I'm going to say he lied. Yeah. <laughs> like a full-grown human woman even if she's starving and everything she's what she's like 80 pounds you know let's pretend yeah it's a lot of meat yeah this is like still like 50 pounds of meat my my god yeah uh, i don't think so but this is what he says happened he also was out there all winter and he claimed that this happened like a week or two in so 
I don't think so. Yeah. What were you eating? What a weak, ha- what a weak hearted bitch. Two weeks in, you meet your yeah. family. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? <laughs> Two weeks in. The guys from Alive at least waited like a month, I think, right? Like, before yeah, they were buddies. They're, that's their friends. Never mind your family. That's less time than the than you than you have than you have to spend to win the show alone. <laughs> yeah. Two oh, weeks you're eating your family. <laughs> That's outrageous. I know. Just wait a day. <laughs> Just give an it hour. another day. An hour. Sit on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I said, he said he ate them all the same night because he said that he ate them all the same night because. He also killed the little itty bitty baby that night too, is what he says happened uh, because he was still hungry is what he says. So he apparently ate their, their entire bodies in one night and killed and ate the baby. Okay. Who's he telling the story to? That's what I want to know. Uh, the Northwest Mounted Police Officers when he was arrested. Oh, so he's trying to act tough for the cops. Like there's no anyways. I, I, he was trying to build his defense, I think. We'll get into it though. This is actually a very important aspect to it. Yeah, the most disgusting part of this whole story is the gluttony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Out of all the sins. Gluttony. <laughs> You've ate two whole people and you still have to eat the baby? At what point is it enough? It's just not smart rationing. No. Yeah, at the very least, ration it. Yeah. You know you're going to be hungry again. It's been two weeks and you want to eat your family. Like, what are you going to do when you run out of family? There's lots of weeks left. This is the last guy you want to join in like the zombie apocalypse that you want to no, cruise. For sure. The worst. We have a box of Cheerios and one gallon of milk. He's like, let's eat it all right now. I'm starving. It's three minutes into the apocalypse. Let's eat it, let's eat it all now. <laughs> We're going to die anyway. Just eat the milk. Their milk hasn't even expired yet. He's like, you want to eat my family? Exactly. <laughs> Jesus, calm down. Oh, God. <laughs> This fucking guy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So once there was nothing left for Swift Runner and Red Hawk to eat, they set off looking for the mother-in-law and the brother. Jesus Christ. So yeah, yeah, they found them right away and dispatched them while they were sleeping. Apparently, because again, his sudden ability to track is back. He can sneak up on two sleeping people and not be detected in winter. And I'll say this: people sleep too goddamn much in the story. <laughs> this is like all one fucking night. What? Oh, this is okay. Oh, okay. This yeah. all happens in one night. This is what he says. He's got to be hungry. so full. He's got the meat sweats. I know. Yeah. <laughs> is this like uh like he had to get his money's worth? Is this a buffet? You know? Yeah, I don't know. And like I said, this is like two weeks into winter, and he survived the whole winter. So this story does not shit. add up in so many. He is drunk. that's not hold on hold on i've been drunk before i've played (laughs) mailbox baseball i've drank jameson and whiskey and done silly things but i never woke up from a hangover and be like man i wish i hadn't ate my family last night i'm never drinking jaeger again uh this ain't jaeger man this is some this is some 1800s whiskey this shit's not right yeah i i I feel like I feel like um, it's still not going to push me to the point where I'm eating someone. I, I've been drunk too. I've been very drunk. I agree. I've it wasn't. Been... It wasn't him. It wasn't him. He's innocent. Let's keep going. Uh, um. 
so yeah, so they go, they find them, they dispatch them quickly. And um, apparently Swift Runner sent Red Hawk to go fetch snow for the cooking pot. And they again feasted. So finally, as spring approached, uh, and again, apparently they were all eaten in one night. So I don't know what they ate the rest of the time. He just kind of is like, I don't know. But spring comes and Swift Runner murders Red Hawk to avoid being found out. And for no reason, eats him as well. Saw that coming. Yeah, and hmm. apparently Red Hawk didn't. So yeah, you ate everybody else, but I know you won't eat me because I ate them with you, right, Dad? Smack. Yeah. Oh shit, Dad's drinking tequila again. <laughs> <laughs> he gets chompy when he drinks the tequila. Chompy. <laughs> oh Jesus. Two more drinks and he'll eat it, toddler. Anyways. Okay. Cool. Anyway. <laughs> That's uh, all I got. Some of the accounts actually say that he killed his wife first and then commanded his son, Red Hawk, to kill his younger brother while Swift Runner killed his infant daughter by hanging her from a lodge pole and pulling on her feet. Um, I find this one far less likely because it doesn't account for the remaining daughter at all. And she was there and killed. So anyway, that's what happened basically in the course of that winter. So the Swift Runner case cannot be attributed to lack of available food source. He lived within a day's walk of the Hudson's Bay trading outpost, and the area in which his family camped was home to many game animals from rabbits to moose. And this guy could take down bison. He can handle them. Okay? He's huge dude, this guy. Big fucking guy. Very sturdy hunter. There's a picture of him <clears throat> standing next to... Um, a Northwest Mounted Police officer on the day of his execution, and he could easily kick that guy's ass. He was over six feet tall and weighed about 90 kilograms. That's uh, like over 200 pounds. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for putting it in, in, in retarded terms. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Anyway, yeah, so this is actually largely why he was caught in the first place. He returned to his nearby community without his family, and he entered a local Catholic mission and told the priests that his family had all perished from starvation. Technically, they did. Uh, his starvation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a lot. Like hangry. Get that guy a Snickers. He was hangry. He's, he wasn't himself. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> But yeah, so this is not unheard of for entire families to perish over the course of a winter, but it's definitely concerning when he claims that he maintained his brick shithouse physique on a diet of melted snow and teepee. Literally, he said that he survived by eating their teepee. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of calories in toilet paper. Yeah, do they have toilet paper in Canadians? I get it. Uh... <laughs> Got me. That's fine. That's good. Uh, I'm sorry. The Donner Party, I just want to say, ate their own shoes before they resorted to cannibalism. Yeah, they did. Just want to point that out. So this guy got a little bit of a shiver and went, ah, guess it's time. I just I just wonder how much of that is like made up by the white people like who want to vilify this guy. You know, because it's it's. Oh, uh, here comes Richard trying to save himself. 
from <laughs> earlier comments. <laughs> um, uh, it's just like common sense. It's not racist to think white people taste better. Jesus Christ, look at us. It's the white meat. I would argue that black people taste the best because of all the spices that they use. <laughs> I'm the racist. <laughs> That's something they're proud That'd be cool of. That's not though, even man. Racist. Eat East Indian people. They come pre-seasoned. That is legit excellent <laughs> That's advice. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to, but now if I had to, I would say black people taste the best and then Mexican people. Yeah. Yeah, and to make I'm up for go. everything that I've said in the in this episode, I'm gonna put white people at the end. I could make a fucking fantastic taco with a Mexican person. Yeah, for sure, especially like a baby. Guys, we all taste the same. <laughs> I wonder how the listeners are gonna react to three white people talking about eating Mexican babies. <laughs> Not well, would be my guess. But let's find out. Okay, we'll see. That's half the fun of this show. <laughs> Can we get another one star? Let's do it. I genuinely thought Thomas Quick would be the end of us, and it wasn't. So, and we talked about a woman spontaneously miscarrying while a seven-year-old had a blowjob. So, oh, um, that's a lot. <laughs> that is like a lot to take in. You just hit me with a whole lot of information, probably yeah. in the shortest amount of time possible. Christy, Christy, fucking set us up. I'm so mad at Sweden still. I know, fucking Sweden. I hate them so much. <laughs> what did Sweden do? Listen to the episode. You'll find out. We're all fucking mad at Sweden, okay? Okay. On board. Um, okay, yeah. So he goes in. He's, he's He ate the teepee. And the priest, the, I keep saying priests. The priests also knew that many of the other local trappers had a very successful winter. Okay, so we know for sure this is not a factor here. And this guy's lazy. He's just lazy. I don't know, man. Have you ever killed five people? I mean, I really don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where all those bullets went. (laughs) I was putting the business end towards people. Okay, have you ever killed five people without heavy artillery? No. Ah, no. there you go. Who's lazy now, motherfucker? Never ate any of them. But I can tell you this. I would have I would have given it a day. <laughs> I would have just slept on it. Just at least an hour. I would have slept on it. Yeah, so the priests the priests didn't act right away on any of these like weird doubts that they had, because they had them for sure. Instead, they offered him, you know, respite in the mission. And during his stay, Swift Runner was plagued with such horrific nightmares that he would scream so loud it awoke everyone nearby. Local Cree people reported to the priests their fear that Swift Runner was a Wendigo. Mm. And we'll get into Wendigos in a little bit here. So finally, one of the priests, Father Hippolyte Leduc, or in some reports, Father Cremus. Cremus? <laughs> Father Cremus, too? That that sounds like the worst first communion ever. (laughs) These children were safer with their father. (laughs) I think I'd rather get eaten by my father for sure than eaten by my priest. We're going to let you stay the night with Father Cremus. (laughs) (laughs) Grosses me out and I'm an adult. Um, It should. (laughs) When you grow out of being grossed out by that. Just thinking about sending the kids to have the evening with 
Cremus. That's what I'm saying. Not so of you course, now as an adult would send your children to have an evening myself, with Cremus. Myself. Not- I could spend a night with Cremus and just I could spend a night with every uh anybody, just not Cremus. That's what I'm saying. Cremus uh, would gross me out even as an adult going to spend the night with Cremus. Fair enough. No one wants to spend the night with Cremus. But it also may have been Father Hippolyte. So let's just wait and see. Or it's too late. We don't know. It may have happened. It's too late. So one of them notified Sub-Inspector Severe Gagnon, Severe Gagnon, um, or in some reports, uh, Northwest Mounted Police Superintendent Jarvis. So nobody could agree on who these two people were for some reason. Um, They notified them of the suspicions after two boys approached the priest asking for permission to join the group of children that Swift Runner was taking into the woods to hunt. And by hunt, I mean taking them hunting, like to hunt other things. But what he means is to hunt them. So Swift Runner had become really close with the children during his stay uh, because he enjoyed regaling them with tales of hunting and wars with the Blackfoot Nation, which I imagine would be pretty fucking cool considering there's nothing to do there. It's 1880s. The stories are the best part of the day. It's like TV. Wars were so much cooler before guns, man. They were. So Swift Runner was arrested on May 27th of 1879. Uh, He denied that he had murdered his family. He claimed that his first child died and then his wife became so inconsolable she took her own life before the remaining children starved to death. One report from the time said that they organized a search party to find Swift Runner's camp and Swift Runner accompanied them, supposedly acting as a guide. But he seemed to purposefully be misleading them And he twice tried to escape. So he reached a point where he was becoming belligerent with the officers that he's supposed to be leading to the camp. And another local Cree guy named Brazo suggested that they could get him to cooperate if they offered him his preferred vice, which was a concoction of tobacco and whiskey called muskiwabwi. Okay, wait, they put tobacco like and let it seep into the whiskey and drink that yeah that's fucking nasty i'd rather eat the child (laughs) (laughs) trying to make a little more sense now ain't it yeah you ever do chew before you ever do chew yeah i'm from kentucky dude i was born with a chew in my lip (laughs) smack the baby on the ass to get the chew out of its mouth yeah yeah. born it's only crying because it doesn't have the chew in its mouth anymore i got they cut the umbilical cord made out of tobacco Yeah. All right. You ever drank dip spit? I have by accident. I fucking. It's the worst thing on earth. Ew. Yeah. I drank dip spit mixed with orange juice. What? Yeah, it was like, and it was super goobery. It had like an egg consistency, like a raw egg consistency. It's turning into a gagger, guys. I'm not responsible for this. I'd eat the child before I do this. Mixed with orange juice and tobacco flex from the dip spit. Yeah, it was it was very thick. Oh, I just did it at a party. I thought it was my drink. And I went, what? And I went and puked. I drank like a beer with have a cigarette butt in it once. It's like oh, done that on That's purpose. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> You're not right, Kent. <laughs> You're not right. So uh once he was drunk on his preferred concoction, he agreed to lead them to the camp. 
So upon their arrival, they found nothing remaining of his family, but a pot of human fat and bones littered among their belongings, some of which were broken in half and hollowed out, meaning that he had sucked the marrow from within their bones. It's the most nutritious part. Did they know it was human fat boiling? When did they come up and just like stick a finger and go, mm, yeah, a human? Just like... Apparently, human fat has a very recognizable consistency. Huh. All right. Who knew? Yeah. It's yellow. Not if you're a vegetarian, it's not. It's white. And the bone marrow, fun fact, is the only thing that you can eat 100% out in the wild and not have to worry about getting parasites or worms or anything out of. Hmm. Because. Uh, because it's encased in bone, parasites and, and bacteria can't get to it. So it's kind of uh, housed in a little safety device. So it is hmm. the only thing that you, I mean, you can also, people eat meat raw, Indians did it all the time, but uh, they were always a gamble, you know, to, to getting yeah. sick off of it. If the animal was sick, you were going to get sick. But bone marrow, you can eat completely raw off any animal and not have to worry about any kind of uh, negative side effects. Have you done it? I have not, no. But I, I know people that do. It's supposed to it's supposedly taste. It's very creamy. It's creamy. Yeah. That should not apply to anything within your body. Creamus. Mm-hmm. You have a kid. <laughs> One time. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> do not recommend. One star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's disgusting, sucking marrow from your family's bones. So uh, his teepee was very much still standing. He didn't even eat that. So the officers collected what remains they could, and they put them in a sack, and they buried what they couldn't bring with them. There's actually a photo of all of the bones they found stacked up on a table. They were all picked totally clean. So back at the fort, Jarvis says that one of the skulls was sitting on a table, And Swift Runner put his finger into the empty eye socket and said, this is my wife. At which point he broke down and he told the officers that he had made beef, quote, made beef of his family because he had been possessed by the spirit of a Wendigo. I had a dollar. I feel like uh, I feel like that's a pretty convenient excuse to being lazy. I'd rather just tell him I'm a Wendigo and eat you all. Have you ever killed five people? It's just, it's, I feel like if killed and prepared. I, okay. I, I have not, but this is the way I think of it. Okay. You're sitting at your kitchen table and you're like, okay, I guess I got to go get food and you got to put your boots on. You got to go put a jacket on, put a hat on maybe, or you look over at your four-year-old and go, you know, right there. that's right there. He's living outside. Yeah. He has the jacket and the boots and the hat on already. He doesn't have to go that fucking far. He's drunk. <laughs> Probably in his underwear. Uh, I don't. Uh, Wendigo. Okay, let's hear about it. I'm... So you remember earlier when we were talking about uh, the Mandela effect and I was like, hey, what's more likely? Uh, interdimensional <laughs> other other existences or just people having bad memory. Let's let's take with that mentality. Let's go. Hey, what's more likely? This guy was just a lazy alcoholic. Or it was a fucking mythological creature called a Wendigo. I I, I lean towards mythological creature. Okay, fair enough. So that's where we're at. (laughs) When given the choice, cryptids are my preferred, yes. Sleep on it. (laughs) I'll give it an hour. 
Okay. <laughs> Best I can do. <laughs> so the term Wendigo comes from the Ojibwe word Windigo or the Cree word Witikau. According to the beliefs of the Ojibwa and the Cree-speaking Algonquin tribes, the Wendigos were created when a lost hunter resorted to cannibalism hundreds of years ago, and it transformed him into a beast with insatiable hunger for human flesh and the ability to turn others into Wendigos. So people can be possessed by a Wendigo in the woods by chance. They can be possessed as a result of an act of intense greed or cannibalism. Or Wendigos could be summoned and assigned to someone by their enemies. Huh. Do you know how to summon them? Yeah, I, I do. Let's hear it. He's got that's a Wendigo what, call. Good. <laughs> that's what my dad taught me anyway. Yeah. The Wendigo shrieks, actually. Read your fucking mythos. Ah! <laughs> you just stand out of the woods ah! and scream. Yes, that's ah! what they do. <laughs> uh, anyways, okay. That's uh you can assign them to someone. That's something too. Like I want to make you a killing beast. <laughs> like it seems like a weird thing to want someone to be. They also respond to the typical you have a piece of ham. <laughs> sorry um when the individual is possessed by the wendigo they go through a transformation every time they feed this is according to the legends so some modern depictions are humanoid and almost deer-like with antlers uh which is odd because antlered creatures are in fact herbivores um but the antlers actually don't appear in any of the original indigenous legends none of them so in the original legends, uh, and this is sort of a combination of all of the characteristics, which sometimes did differ between tribes, the Wendigo is described as incredibly large, but also emaciated to the point where its bones would protrude all around its body. So the Wendigo could grow to a great stature because it would grow the mass of its last meal every time it ate, but it would continue to starve prompting it to continue to feed with an endless hunger until it was killed. So going back to him, allegedly eating four or five family members in one night because he couldn't stop because he was possessed by a Wendigo. So this, this is the defense he's trying to set up for himself is that he's a Wendigo. Like he, I guess that could have worked in the 1800s. I don't know. Either that or he's actually a Wendigo. Imagine if Kyle Rittenhouse yeah. <laughs> I was a Wendigo officer. That was I tripped shot him in the face because I'm a Wendigo. Yeah, and the judge still would have been like, cool. Sounds yeah. good. Off you go, young man. Get out of here, Waddy. Here's your gun. <laughs> have fun. Have fun out there. Protect them streets. Fucking whippersnappers. Yeah. This guy's going places. You're going to be chief of police one day. <laughs> Didn't expect that to come up this episode, but. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Why not? I've got the, I've got a checklist here. The last thing is actually jerking off. We're so, to it. You... <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't come up when you were talking about using her hand. Actually, I thought yeah. that was going to be the moment. And I was like, disappointed. You can't, but let's move on. I thought about it. Too easy. But I've got something for later. Okay, cool. So. 
Yeah, see, he could take a lesson from Kent, save some for later. Yeah, rations. Ration it out. I feel like Kent is like on a mission to try and be offensive, which is great. I like it today. That's what our show is. Is this because you spend time around dead bug? You're like, I don't call people retards enough. That might be what it is. Yeah, dead bug has tainted me. I love that guy. That's a whole, you talk about a wild cat. That bug is a wild cat. He is a real silly goose. I bet. A real silly goose. Despite that. One of our one of our listeners got kicked off our uh or got oh no it was Justin Wood said called us a silly goose kid silly you silly goose and he got fucking Facebook warning for being offensive calling us a silly goose on Facebook <laughs> that happened yeah Virgil got banned for be for saying fucking Canadians yeah that's what he got banned for yeah, yeah. Canadians are a very uh, uh oppressed that's a very uh, that's a very oppressed demographic. We definitely are. Yeah. Thank you for recognizing it. And you know what? That's the first step in healing between our countries. And we don't talk about it enough. No, nobody talks about it enough. Finally, a voice. I couldn't agree more. It's about time. That was the goal with this podcast, you know, right from the beginning. Uh, Good times. Well, for some of us, Kent, for some of us. I'm having a blast. <laughs> um, Where are we at here? Okay, so... The skin of a Wendigo was described as gray with an odor of death and decomposition and their thin lips would be torn and bleeding. So some say there is no physical transformation and they just basically become like a human husk without a soul that craves human flesh. You know, in this case, that would be his Wendigo. He didn't transform. I don't know. Maybe he went there out there five feet tall. I really have no idea. But um some of the legends say that they lose the ability to speak. They can't speak anymore. Some of them say that uh, the Wendigo can deceive and threaten and taunt. So they can speak and they use psychological tools. And uh, some of the legends also say that in extreme situations, the Wendigo will even engage in auto cannibalism, which he did not do. Give him a couple, give him a day. Yeah. <laughs> that was the next morning. Yeah. yeah. He was about to eat and then the cops came. He was like, fine. <laughs> but now you're six hours. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starving. I only had three kids last night. <laughs> and a mother. Yeah. And I also killed two deer, but I haven't got to eat yet. <laughs> I don't feel like cleaning them, so <laughs> They get hair everywhere. Ugh. Y'all are wild. Um, there was actually a really good story. I didn't put it in here, but it was like translated from like in Korea originally. It was translated in English. It was like this story where this Wendigo was trying to catch this boy that was living in the local town. And he followed him into his town. And the boy was like, it's a Wendigo. It's a Wendigo. And the Wendigo was like, why are you telling these people these lies? But this town had like, you know, a Cree spirit guide or something that could identify that this was a Wendigo and they chopped the Wendigo's legs off and then they left expecting the Wendigo to die. And then they came back later and the Wendigo had eaten its own legs. So that's fun. Uh, So the belief in Wendigo spirits can be found as far back as the first documented history of these tribes hundreds and hundreds of years ago. 
And it's been found by historians and anthropologists that Wendigo psychosis most frequently manifested during periods of famine. <sighs> Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, the phenomenon has been recorded in various locations between Quebec and Alberta and some as far as British Columbia, but the vast majority of them have been in Alberta, isolated pretty much to central Alberta. Is that in the DSM-5? Like, is that a... Wendigo psychosis? We'll get into that too a little bit. Okay. Uh, so despite using this defense at trial, his all white beat jury took less than 20 minutes to find the Swift runner guilty and sentence him to hang on August 16th, 1879. Okay. You said, you said, you said all white, I know you said all white people. And I understand that that was the case with, uh, um, a, a lot of these unfairly, um, sentenced, uh, minorities, but we need to keep in mind that this guy ate his entire family. <laughs> You know, oh, it's yeah. not like, it's not like, ah, oh, this is a fucking all white jury. One guy can eat his whole family <laughs> and then these crackers. Yeah. Put them away. From the, like this is a, this is a witch hunt. Yeah. It's a Wendigo hunt. <laughs> if it'd been a white man that ate his whole family. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sorry. They were white sorry. dudes. What do you want from me? He hungered for them. Okay. He wanted to eat them too. Meat was the key word there actually. So after being sentenced, one of the officers who went by the nickname Frenchie, which was weird because like all of them were from Quebec, but there was one guy named Frenchie. He was like super French. He was apparently yeah. like fat and homely. I don't know. <sighs> super French. Super fucking French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frenchie described uh, a rather ominous interaction with Swift Runner. He claimed that Swift Runner looked at him with ravenous eyes and said, you would make fine eating as he held up three fingers. There must be this much fat on your ribs. Not a smart man. Frenchie clap. He's already been sentenced at this point. Frenchie claps back. Pig, you too will make good eats for the coyotes, but all poisoned will be. And he literally clapped back. He was like. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so funny. I am so funny. They say that before he swung, he converted to Catholicism and admitted his guilt. And he also requested to be cremated as the only way to destroy a Wendigo is to burn it. How long do you think they sent that priest down there to try and convert him still? You know what I mean? Like He did it like in like he called the priest. He was like, I want to go to heaven. And the priest was like, hey, you just got to say sorry. You'll go. Like, trust me on that. Got to suck a priest dick and you're there, man. OK, Father Creamy. Yeah, Cremus is here. Cremus is here. Do you believe in God yet? Because you will when I'm done with you. Oh, jeez. This priest has been dead a long time, but it's not fair that we're dragging him. The Catholic it's a, priests? It's yes, Catholic it's okay priest. that we're dragging the fucking priests. Yeah, Fuck the priests. We're fine. Hail Satan. Fuck those guys. I mean, of all the things we've said, that's the least problematic i'll leave the priests alone okay yeah fine fine what have the catholics <laughs> ever done to anybody <laughs> a catholic wendigo the worst wendigo because <laughs> they won't shut up about it while they eat you <laughs> so a crowd of 60 people were said to attend the momentous day in canadian history that this again was the first man hanged by the northwest mounted police and he hanged on december 20th 1879 so we're actually pretty close to that three days from now will be 
I used to be able to do math before the vaccine, guys. <laughs> 142 years? That means sounds good. I think it's 143, yeah. We're getting there. Anyway. Um, so there's a story from the time that claims that the officers at the post had come to like him so much that they weren't able to go through with the execution. Um, Swift Runner had for a long time acted as a guide for them and they'd become very fond of him over the years. And so a man from the crowd stepped up and acted as the hangman. I can't kill Swift Runner. He brought me up the fucking creek last week. I could never. Anyways, like, what the fuck is that? He was really charming. They apparently, a lot of them did like him, but I like, there was definitely no, like. He ate his kids and his wife. Yeah. Like, that's detestable. Like, fucking kill the guy. Okay, well, if we with. could all be judged for the mistakes we've made in our lives, Richard. Yeah. I guess yeah, you're yeah. fucking perfect, Richard. Glass houses, my fault. <laughs> Eat one fucking kid or three. <laughs> Suddenly you're the devil. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly you're a Wendigo. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't believe this. Um, there's a quote actually circulating from uh, right around the time that uh, that he was hanged, where one of the officers said about Swift Runner, he was as ugly and evil looking a face as I have ever seen. So he definitely would have. I thought it was just going to be something racist. No, just ugly. <laughs> Didn't even mention the kids. <laughs> <laughs> cannibalism oh we were putting on him oh i didn't even know he was on trial for something <laughs> yeah I know, like, I know, ugly guy ugly fucking guy he killed his family no way <laughs> i was happy he was dead i'm glad he killed his family too because otherwise it would just look bad <laughs> um he had actually also been fired as a guide from the northwest mounted police due to violent alcoholism and he, he maintained a decent relationship with some of the officers, but it had been very soured with many of them, um, who probably were also, you know, racist in the first place. So racism is also a factor here. I'm pretty sure a lot of people would line up to to hang a... Yeah, so... absolutely. <laughs> I'd rather hang a white person. Yeah, me too, Richard. I'm not picky, honestly. <laughs> like, I'd hang anybody at this point. I just want to say that again. I was uh, what Richard, I agree with that. So, uh, say clearly what you said again, Richard. I would prefer if this story turned into hanging white people. That's not what you said. Oh, I'd prefer to hang a white people. Sure. Yeah, that's that's what you said, and that's elitist yeah. of you, because yeah, as white true. people, we already have so much. So, how that's about you true. hang some of the other guys once in a while? Mm, that's true. that's true fuck i don't know how to be proper anymore damn it's hard man yeah <laughs> now we're taking all the hangings too fine i'll hang everyone <laughs> there we go that's equality <laughs> and that's beautiful now see the problem is i can't go like white person go first they go of course the white guy goes first so then i go oh, like, yeah. yeah yeah so you gotta line them well, all you know up he's the old too time. And then I can't press the button because I'm white because then I'm like, oh, the white guy is killing people. So you got to find a minority that's the perfect minority to go kill the... the yeah, uh, yeah. make them work for the white man, Richard. See what make I mean? Em... See, I can't even find a proper way to do this. <laughs> I have to pay a living wage to do this. Otherwise, I'm going to look like a big-time racist. I'll have to make them partners in my scheme. 
you know disgusting exactly disgusting. <laughs> i'm so disgusting. fucking disappointed in you richard i know i know i, and I didn't even express. realize that you guys opened my eyes to like i've been living my whole life as a as a bigot and i didn't even i can't know. even hear what you're saying because the lot is bouncing off your lot skin <laughs> your gross sheeny lot skin I know. I know i don't deserve it i don't deserve the white skin what are you saying? White skin is better than other skin? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm. I'm oh, that is elite. kind of what that sounded like. A little bit. No, what that, I'm saying this, is, yeah, I'm no, I, no I, you said I'm not. I don't deserve it. As if only those that that I'm deserve the, the best skin, deserve. It's because I'm being like that that I don't deserve it. Because white people, we should uh-huh. probably, <laughs> we should probably. This uh, is what looks like. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking pass out. Yours are killing me. Uh, oh, my chest. Hurts. I'm a bigot. I, I admit to it. I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And you're and you're killing fucking people who are making slave wages in mines over in Cambodia or whatever too. So not winning any favors. Hate white people. I hate myself the most. Yeah, me too. I also found out you're straight. With his little nuclear fucking family god yeah could you be any more cliche little white dick (laughs) tiny (laughs) let's wrap it up on these crackers (laughs) the crackers that are still alive at the story the honkies Oh, right, because all I guess all the native ones are dead now. No, Brazos yeah, they're around all here somewhere. He's around here. He's fine. Another fun story from that day claimed that the hangman had forgotten his pinion straps, which I believe oh. were meant to secure the hangman as he stood on the gallows. Um, and as Swift Runner stood there in the cold, he joked, I could kill myself with a tomahawk and save the hangman further trouble. Charming fellow. Ah. Before the incident, Swift Runner was charming and well liked in his community. And uh, there are some theories as to what caused a good man, a sturdy pillar of the community, to commit such a heinous act. And one theory was the alcohol or, quote, white man's poison that he would get from the outpost was of questionable origin. And many people who imbibed frequently, as frequently as he did, would suffer seizures, hallucinations. Uh, extremity numbness, sometimes blindness. Uh, individuals who claim to have been possessed by Wendigos will, they claim to have seen things that weren't there or weren't even possible. It's kind of starting to sound like Wendigos just came in a bottle. They did, yeah. Sort of like spontaneous human combustion. Did Wendigos exist before alcohol? Yes. Hundreds of years, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of years. Yes. Yeah, they sure did. That was going to be, a, that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> it just could sure coincidence that Wendigo started popping up around the same time that Jack Daniels made his entrance <laughs> into the Indian community. <laughs> Not this time. Wendigo is his Indian name and Jack Daniels is his name. He just calls himself like yeah. Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte and Jack Daniel. Yeah. Individuals who claim to have been possessed by Wendigos will claim to have seen things that weren't there or weren't possible, and hallucinations were likely the source of these descriptions of humanoid giants. The second frequently described symptom is body swelling, and sufferers will attribute this experience of swelling 
to a Wendigo transformation. They believe that they are growing and their skin is becoming too tight because Wendigos are so large and gaunt. And the third symptom that is described is chest freezing, a cold feeling in their chest. And the legends say that the Wendigo turns a man's heart into ice, causing him to lose any sense of love or care for his loved ones, and instead seeing them as they would see a rabbit to be trapped and cooked to feed their hunger. Which, of course, is the last symptom, hunger, which is frequently accompanied by a distaste for food. So another theory in this case is that Swift Runner may have found a dead woodsman when he was lost in a severe snowstorm the previous winter and that he had eaten parts of him to survive. And it was this event that caused the psychotic break and precipitated the future acts of cannibalism. Because he was raised in a culture where you were taught that eating a human was a monstrous act and he believed himself to be a monster. Part of those beliefs were that people can have prophetic dreams that indicate the coming of a Wendigo um, or a Wendigo transformation. So dreams about ice were believed to represent the freezing of your heart. Dreams of strange creatures could mean that an enemy had already summoned the Wendigo and it's looking for you in your dreams. And if you had a dream where you partook of human flesh, the transformation is said to be already underway. So what we know now about dreams is that they're simply a part of your brain converting short-term memory into long-term memory. And so the more you think about or are exposed to something, the more likely it is to be incorporated into your dreams. So I spend so much time thinking about Shania Twain. She's from where I live. She is. Shania Twain is Canadian? Yeah. yeah. Like where I live, like the little town where I am in the middle of nowhere, that's where she's from. I didn't even know Shania Twain was Canadian. I thought she was ours. No, she's mine. Not this time. You guys got Brian Adams and Shania Twain. Yeah. And Ryan <laughs> Reynolds. Yeah. And Jim Carrey. Jim yeah. Carrey. And Seth Rogen. <laughs> what if it's like canadians but they like say fuck <laughs> um, <huh? laughs> we should probably move on here okay so people in the algonquin tribes feared so much becoming a wendigo that they would dissociate from reality and convince themselves that they had become Wendigos. And then they would develop psychosomatic cannibalistic urges. Like the way people believe that they're sick after spending time on WebMD. You know what I mean? Like exactly like that. Brain tumor yeah. or pregnant. That's the only choices ever. I mean, this all just sounds like schizophrenia to me. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's what this all sounds like. Kind of does, don't it? But actually, there's a very interesting aspect to that as well. So uh, Wendigo psycho, like Wendigo, I guess Wendigo psychosis would also cause mass hysteria that spread within communities, people believing that they were Wendigos and that the people around them were Wendigos. And in Alberta specifically, it was such a problem that it turned into its own Wendigo trials, like the witches in Salem, neighbor turning on neighbor. And some people believed it was hereditary. So if there was one Wendigo in the family, it, it spreads to the other members of the bloodline and so the tribes would first try to heal the afflicted with their holistic medicine, making any and all attempts to thaw the heart or prevent it from freezing. And typically the treatment would involve feeding them fatty animal meats or grease from cooked animals until they vomited. 
And then if that vomit contained ice, they had expelled the Wendigo's hold from this person. Um, and then if the medicine people or the locals determined that the treatment had failed, which it always did because you don't vomit ice, they Nobody, will be executed. <laughs> so it's just like the witch trials. You had a 0% chance of passing that test. <laughs> what, where did this stuff come up with? Like, where do you come up with this stuff? You know, like puke ice. Anyways, it's just uh, arbitrary things so you can feel justified about like getting rid of them or whatever you want to do. It's weird. It's just like it's like with the witches. They would throw them in the in the river, and if they floated, they were witches. And if they sank, they weren't witches, and they died exactly. anyway. But yes, I mean, they weren't arbitrary. witches. At least you have a reason for wanting to murder. Like that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the year before Swift Runner's execution, there was an incident in Trout Lake where a Cree man, or um, and this is in the article, they called him a quote half breed, which was an unpleasant term for Métis people in 1886, 1896. For what people? Uh, Métis people, people who are uh, born from a white parent and uh, first. Nations oh, like mudbloods in Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, basically. So, yeah, this guy's name was Nupanin, and he was thought to have been possessed by a Wendigo. According to the Brandon Times article from 1896, he was around 35 years old, and he had a wife and several children. The family had gone out to Trout Lake to visit his wife's father, and on the second night there, he began saying animals were trying to attack him, even though there were no animals nearby. And they were there for 20 days, and during their stay, he began to get more and more irrational, and some say occasionally he would have violent outbursts. They said that his skin began to swell, his lips were protruding, and during his lucid moments, he would say, if I am dangerous, kill me. On the 20th evening, a local group of four men tied him by the hands and feet in his father-in-law's house as he began to act out, to be violent. And Napanin almost got free in his writhing. And one of the men grabbed an axe and prepared to use it, fearing that if Napanin got free, he would kill everyone. And his wife was not aware that these men were coming. And so she had left to go visit some neighbors for the afternoon. And she comes home, opens the door and finds him on the floor. And someone's standing over him with an axe preparing to bring it down. So she tries to stop them and she's forced out. And she witnesses through the small space in the door that she could manage to force open one of the men bringing down the axe over his head four times. And he was buried in the local cemetery, the local cemetery, and they had laid four great tree trunks, quote, great tree trunks over his grave, fearing that he would rise and slaughter the town. And no one ever faced any charges for this because the law of the time was you could reasonably kill anyone if you had the belief that they would kill you if you did it. Sometimes I think about this, like what, cause like now thinking about that, just with a guy tied up with an ax and that's like the reasonable response to this. This is what you, everyone's like, good plan, except for the wife who didn't really know. But I mean, everyone's like, good plan, get the ax time up. You ever think like what in 150 years, what they're going to look back and be like, wow, they were making some fucked up decisions thinking that was reasonable, like giving them pills all day or like, you know what I mean? Like what's the weird thing that they're going to think we're doing all fucked up now that we just think is normal. I you think know? it's what it's going to be is that we were watching Seth Rogen movies. <laughs> Did anybody ever find this guy funny? <laughs> Richard's over here saying, I'd rather hang a white man. And Kent's over here like, absolutely, if that white man is Seth um, Rogen. Um, <laughs> I would join that lynch mob. Yeah. 
uh, any Seth Rogen Lynch mob. He's dreaming of the future. He's like, one day, man, one day I'm going to get it. I did go a different place there for just like a second. <laughs> I can um, see it. I was <laughs> just to watch his fucking feet stop kicking. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, um, in the following years leading up to 1907, two brothers named Jack and Joseph Fiddler. This is actually a really interesting story that I wish I could have gotten into more, but it would have made the episode too long. Uh, two brothers named Jack and Joseph Fiddler convinced local tribes that they were medicine men with tremendous skill in defeating Wendigos. And they killed an estimated 14 indigenous people claiming that they were Wendigos. And they were eventually arrested and charged with homicide. Uh, Jack committed suicide and Joseph died in prison three days before he was due to receive news that he had been pardoned. Isn't that fun? That's fun. It's a good time. <laughs> It's just like, it's so crazy that that's like a reasonable thing to come into town and be like, there's windows around. Oh, did really get the ax? Yeah. Like, I, I just, I find it so crazy. Like it actually reached a point where there were so many vigilante Wendigo executions that the Northwest Mounted Police were forced to begin operating in rural areas just to prevent everyone from killing each other. So <clears throat> I know what you all are wondering, and you probably have been wondering since the beginning of this episode. Well, Aside from why does anyone find Seth Rogen funny? Because we yeah. haven't let that go for about five minutes. So, been wondering that since Sausage Party. <laughs> but aside from that, you're all wondering how do we defeat the Wendigos when they awaken from their 50 year slumber and begin killing again? Well, have all the fear because you can't. You can't outrun it. Their speed is inhuman and they have supernatural tracking abilities. Once they have chosen to hunt you, either because they've been tasked to with sorcery or because you were a greedy sinner, they will continue to hunt you until you are dead. In the very unlikely event that you were able to escape a Wendigo encounter, it is already too late because your heart has already begun to freeze and you will join the Wendigos. But if the Wendigo is feeling tired, it will simply use its ability to mimic human voices and beckon you to them or simply let out a very loud, unsettling shriek. Because that is how they communicate. Richard, if you please. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you know not to go towards the Wendigo Shriek. But it doesn't matter. You might as well be shining a fucking beacon. Because it's probably going to freak you out a little bit. And the faster your heartbeat, the louder it is for the Wendigo. Ah. Can't hide from him either. Unlike a vampire, a Wendigo doesn't have to be invited in, and it can handle any lock that you can make or buy. If a Wendigo targets you in your home, your home then becomes a hibernation domicile for the Wendigo once it's completed its feeding. I have family members like that. <laughs> I am like that. So. Fun fact, uh, Pet Cemetery, there's uh, Wendigo undertones in, in that story and movie. Frankly, there should be more. And actually, yes, Pet Cemetery is based on the Wendigos. That's fun. Yeah, that's actually in the script later. You blew my wad, but thanks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it? Was it really? It was. Oh. It was. <laughs> they so really yeah. they leaned into it heavy in the remake. They they did yes, but in the original as well, it was he was inspired by the legends of the Wendigos. So isn't that fun? Yeah. So sorry, I fucked that up. Hey, you know, not my first time. My water's been blown. I love Stephen King. He's a white guy. <laughs> Best part. 
You know why I love I'll Stephen King? <laughs> because some guy hit him with his car, and one year later he died, and that's cool. That's where he got the idea for Dreamcatcher. <laughs> He's a wizard, sorcerer. He would sick windows on you for sure. Oh yeah. Where were we at? Domiciles. Right. So all that sucks, but you can just load up on your sharps and your fasts and your blunts and you can kill it. Right. If Tally was here, she'd make a joke about smoking weed, but she's not. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) If Seth Rogen was here, he'd do it too. What about if they're Wendigos? (laughs) But they say fuck. What if we did? <laughs> what if they said like dick jokes? <laughs> when dick goes, right? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Give me money. <laughs> you can just load up on sharps and fasts and blunts and kill it, right? Maybe. Maybe you can. But a Wendigo regenerates. So if you successfully manage to incapacitate it with silver bullets or a silver blade through the frozen heart, you got to remember to smash the heart into dust, bury that dust in a box in a church cemetery. When that's done, don't take a break because you must dismember the Wendigo with a silver plated axe, salt and burn the remains of the Wendigo's body. And if you miss even one of these steps, the Wendigo can be resurrected. Just so like made up. Just make shit up. Yeah, what am I, Dean Winchester? We're not done. I'm trying to give people life-saving advice here. Okay, I'm okay. sorry. And <laughs> if you complete all of these steps and you are unfortunate enough to be the enemy of a sorcerer, another Wendigo will be along shortly. Ah, oh, of course. I just, just let me die. <laughs> I'll just die. I'm th- I'm good. I, that's a lot of work, you know. So specific. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> what if I forget a step? Fuck again. It's like when nerds get the the ideas for potions when they're doing their wisdom yeah. witchy stuff. <laughs> Who made this shit up? You gotta have feather of a brown chicken that is on its period. And yeah, it's because it because the potion didn't work so they just added on the period you know what i mean like they just yeah. went, oh no wonder it's because it's not on its period and then it just keeps evolving fucking it's like they always they make them they try to make them so complicated where they can't be performed therefore cannot be ruled as bullshit. exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> that is correct <laughs> or you missed a step it's always you missed a step yeah you missed the pubic hair from the troll yeah <laughs> So the last recorded case of Wendigo psychosis was in the 1960s. And I can't find it. Apparently, this is when it was last recorded, but I can't find the fucking case. And believe me, it pissed me off. In the 1980s, there was a huge surge of interest in the psychology community to study Wendigo psychosis and establish it as a legitimate mental illness. But this was like, you know, during the phase where everyone was trying to study everything and make it cool, satanic panic and hypnosis and all that shit too. So I feel like, I feel like that's a bunch of fucking nerdy psychologists being like, imagine we got Wendigo psychosis in the DSM five. Yeah. Like, like it's just, yeah. it, it just, it just <laughs> sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds cool. It just, it sounds like a cool name. It's better than like schizophrenia. Well, I guess schizophrenia sounds kind of cool too, actually. Uh, just trying to think of a mental illness that doesn't sound fun. Depression. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> Everyone sounds very sad. Silent. Yeah, it's a little sad. 
<laughs> Trust me, it's sad. <laughs> um yeah so they tried to establish it as a legitimate mental illness but by the end of the decade it had been considered debunked on the grounds that it only existed within these Cree and Ojibwa speaking Algonquin tribes oh and I'm the racist oh, it doesn't exist because the Cree are the only ones wow <laughs> I cannot believe you. <laughs> that it was largely limited to central Alberta and that it had been completely eradicated with the modernization of society. As soon as we crumpled their culture, as soon as we killed their culture, it went away. It's weird. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how that works. <laughs> I didn't get win a win to goes. White people do suck. They're the worst. <laughs> I wonder if there's a, a paper out there. I should look it up. I bet there is a paper somewhere from the 80s and it's called Where Did the Wendigo? I bet you. <laughs> Wendigo. <laughs> I like that one. It's good. It might be the title of the episode. Where did the Wendigo? There's a, on the picture of the paper, it's a guy doing this. <laughs> Zach Efron. <laughs> just with antlers. Just Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't forget to read review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a window go you eat your whole family huh you want five thousand dollars <laughs> i put a set of tesla keys in one of your family members <laughs> jesus christ this has so many crossovers i'm getting confused uh anyway i'm almost done so it's essentially treated in the same respect as uh lycanthropy the belief that you're actually a, an animal, like a wolf or whatever, right? It's considered a symptom of a more severe mental disorder and not a disorder in and of itself. So cannibalism has been, con has been observed as a part of many cultures, either as a normal occurrence or like the Wendigo, as a culturally specific affliction. So Wendigo psychosis is, is a term in and of itself, same as like lycanth lycanthropy lycanthropy i'll say it correctly once and then i forgot how to say it um so anyway now let's revisit what i said at the beginning of the episode vincent lee okay a man who cannibalized a stranger on a greyhound less than two weeks after delivering an edition of the edmonton sun that focused on wendigos and cannibalism was he a modern case of wendigo psychosis could his delusions have been influenced by what he may have read that day and he believed himself to be a Wendigo? Uh, when he said, kill me in that courtroom, was he mimicking Napanin's words from the newspaper article? Or could he have, in fact, been found by a Wendigo because he opened his heart to the existence of the Wendigos and was then possessed by one, which would make him still a Wendigo? So my question for you is, is there a Wendigo in my city? Richard? No. <laughs> Rich is like putting his glasses on, flipping open a journal. Yeah. <laughs> if you'll allow me. No. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to say um, as well, I'm going I'm to say no. Uh, I'm going to say that you do, however, have an Asian man with uh, schizophrenia. It's a big city. There's probably a few. It's either that or they didn't bury the axe in the proper place. 
bear with me though here all i'm saying swift runner like over six feet tall 200 pounds vince over six feet tall 200 pounds i'm just saying windigo transfer is not out of the equation here maybe it's been him this whole time he's been roaming the uh vince lee just immigrated that's what i'm saying they do get grayer skin right so if he started out that dark kind of like oh wow they (laughs) didn't they didn't chop him up or cremate him all they did was bury him he got up he sort of faded over the years okay lost a little bit of weight he's been eating people as he goes then he got caught this time off fuck i got real hungry on the bus fucked up went to an institution now i'm out again he's probably eating people around the around edmonton we just don't know let's eat this bland white guy yeah white guys taste amazing i don't know what you're talking about white guys draw a lot of attention if you're gonna kill and eat somebody and you don't want attention drawn to it don't start with a white guy white guys are the tilapia (laughs) just generic (laughs) fucking worst usually the fish you throw back are the white ones yeah okay yeah but but tilapia can treat burn victims so it's it's a versatile fish oh well can it really Yep, they use tilapia skins to, they basically put it over burns, really severe burns, and then the skin sort of grows along with the tilapia skins, and once they pull them off, it, the nutrients or whatever, it looks almost normal again. Huh. It's amazing research. Holy shit. Sometimes you can't even tell. It's crazy. Hmm. Ah, Tilapia. yeah. Something's fishy about this. Way to go, Tilapia. Uh, we all got a good pun in today now. There you go. Actually, Thanks. I think Kent's like five for five and we're sitting at a couple. So yeah. once again, Kent is the superior comedian. Get to the jerking off. I am finished the story and you didn't talk about jerking off once. <laughs> not once or semen. That's not true. Semen came up. I believe Richard, when he said anti-Semitism, he couldn't pronounce uh, it. He in fact said anti-Semenese or something. Instead of anti-Semites. I'll go back and I'll get the clip, but I'm pretty sure you said Okay. Of course. Oh. I don't of even course. want to be racist. And that's how racist I am. I don't even care enough to learn how to be racist properly. Of course, anti-Semitism would come up with Richard. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> My grandpa was a Nazi. guys thanks so much for listening head on over to our facebook and instagram to join in on the conversations about all things unethical just search unethical podcast you can also find us on patreon where you can get access to all of our super awesome content uncut videos of our discussions and early release of all the episodes we are adding fun stuff all the time so you should definitely come and check it out thanks again we appreciate all of you I'm straight when it comes to humans, but fucking gay from old people. I am your host, JD Horror, and this is True Crime Horror Story. A true crime podcast designed like an anthology horror movie. It's definitely not for the faint of heart and never played for laughs. Listener discretion is strongly advised. In seasons one through four, we highlighted both notorious and obscure incidents of real life murder. 
From world-famous psychopaths like the Toolbox Killers and Jeffrey Dahmer to lesser-known evils that you may not have heard of but have effects just as catastrophic for the victims and their families. Season 5 is coming soon, so subscribe now wherever podcasts can be consumed and check out our website at www.truecrimehorrorstory.com True Crime Horror Story Sometimes truth is more brutal than fiction. Thank <laughs> you.